Welcome to Strategy Talk, where the editors of Strategy Page discuss current events with a splash of history. I'm Dan Masterson, host of Strategy Talk. With me today is the editor of Strategy Page, well-known military author and game designer, Jim Dunnigan. Also joining us is the associate editor of Strategy Page, columnist and author, Austin Bay. Welcome, Austin and Jim. Well, it looks like China, we, we talked about this a little bit in our our updates of what's going to happen this year and what and the wrap-up of last year uh, that that China kept having little things happen to them or maybe not so little things happen to them that were ruining their plans uh, to take over the world uh, the the most recent one is the coronavirus uh, that's gonna affect them quite a bit right Jim yes and also it brings up another dirty little secret of Chinese culture. They don't like to talk about this, although it it keeps, uh, how should I put it, asserting itself. We have taken for granted that new versions of the flu, influenza, come out of China periodically. Uh, And influenza apparently had its origins in China. Now, the reason for this, and several other similar diseases uh, historically, is that China with the largest population in the world. It's had the largest population in the world for thousands of years. Um, They're very organized, and they have a particular fixation with live, uh, how should I put it, live animals and exotic animals as food. I mean, they kill them first, but they... um, uh, they have markets. They have more markets now because people are more affluent where you have you know, thousands of animals, live animals, waiting to be purchased. Uh, you can do it here in New York and Chinatown. You can go down here and buy live fish and what have you. And uh, people like to basically you know, take them live uh, and kill them immediately and then, uh, then serve, and cook them and serve them up. Uh, that is a hallmark of Chinese uh, culinary culture. Uh, the problem is, and again, this is something the Chinese don't want to, the government in particular doesn't want to really investigate too uh, deeply, is that if this is a, a, how should I put it, a common vector for new uh, uh, trans species diseases, which was basically been going on you know, uh, forever. I mean, even before humans were around, there were trans uh, species diseases. They were basically uh, viruses that were close enough, usually with similar species, uh, that they could jump the species barrier. Now, in many cases, these jumps result in nothing, but occasionally they they result in a disease which in the the receiving uh, species has no... Uh, resistance to, and it basically, if it if it has a, um, if it basically is, is pneumonic, in other words, it can be spread like the coronavirus or like influenza by just a little, you know, uh, a spittle, as it were, a drop of your uh, your precious bodily fluids uh, or lethal body fluids in this case. Um, it will go from person to person, and uh, and in the first generation. Uh, cause an enormous die-off. Again, this is an epidemiological phenomenon which is known 
but the Chinese don't want to get too much into it because as we discovered recently, or as China rediscovered recently, when they had the uh, the swine, uh, swine, what do you call it? Swine flu, I believe it was. Uh, they killed a lot of their pork. Pork is the penultimate uh, delicacy in China. You know, it's like potatoes to the Irish, but at a whole other level. And uh, the affluence in China over the last few decades has allowed more people to eat more pork more often. And that is considered a major achievement of the government. So they were in big trouble. That's one reason they backed off uh, rather rapidly on the uh, the little trade war we were having here. Because uh, with their pork supply severely decimated... The only other major supplier of pork on the planet is the United States. Now, I don't know if our president was aware of that. I wouldn't put it past him because he's a sharp trader. But the point is they needed our pork. We needed their cooperation. A trade was made. I don't think the media didn't make a big thing about the pork. But believe me, from the Chinese from the Chinese viewpoint, pork is paramount. Um, but the problem is that exotic foods are paramount in Chinese culture. And now more people can buy them. So you have more of these live, uh, you know, uh, uh, markets uh, where there are more species uh, being offered. And these species are breathing on one another. Now, in many cases, these are species that have never, never interacted very much in the wild or even in, in domestic, uh, you know, uh, uh, when they're domestically raised. Uh, but in these markets, they're just basically a, how should I put it, a, uh, a disease factory um, and a particularly lethal disease factory because they're basically uh, uh, delivering diseases to species that are uh, that can uh, can accept them, but have no resistance to them, and this is what we're seeing with the coronavirus. Um, and um, uh, China is basically the the primary victim. They always has been. Uh, they have been the the first uh, uh, cultures, as it were, to suffer major epidemic diseases uh, for thousands of years, but they've managed to cope, I mean, partially it's by having so many people, by having efficient agriculture, by having a centralized government, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But food is critical. And now the uh, the middle class in China is has deemed, has created a, uh, a taste for uh, exotic foods, which were previously only available to the, you know, the upper, upper classes. Uh, and this simp- simply provided more opportunities for these new uh, cross-species diseases, viral diseases, uh, to be created and spread. Of course, now <laughs> the West invented, you know, the aircraft and the jet airliners, so now we can spread it more rapidly. Uh, this, I don't think coronavirus is the, is the, as they, actually the doomsday virus, which everybody fears, uh, and which epidemiologists fear. Uh, they say, you know, it, it's a matter of probability. Eventually, you're going to get a cross-species virus, which is so lethal and which is spread so quickly uh, that, you know, it can, it can enormously, you know, uh, do enormous damage to the population. We had something approaching that uh, with the Spanish flu, which was actually, <laughs> the further research with uh, using DNA analysis shows that it's actually the Kansas City virus, that it basically uh, uh, first got going in, in Kansas City, uh, where they have a lot of livestock. Be that as it may, I'm not going to go into that because we don't want Kansas on our case. Be that, But the problem is, 
that uh, China is the greatest uh, is is the factory, as it were, uh, of developing these these viruses. And the China right now with the uh, coronavirus, yes, they are going to suffer because people are the people worldwide are aware instinctively whether or not exactly how it's popping up in China continuously. Um, that these things can be very destructive, very disruptive, uh, as 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 uh, you pointed out, economically, they are a big problem, because they're ba- China was already in pro- in trouble because of their their territorial aggression, as well as their economic aggression, and. Um, People were already, because of the trade war with the United States, uh, uh, had decided that, well, maybe it's a better idea to another low-cost producer. That was that was accelerated by the fact that as uh, China is, because of their one-child policy they had going for three decades, uh, they have a uh, very of new workers coming up uh, and these are you know uh, often you know these are single only children as it were they're much more demanding they were basically uh, spoiled by <laughs> by two sets of grandparents that can be fatal for your perceptions of the world um, and uh, and there is a huge uh, uh, pressure on wages wage growth uh, and so China on on labor cost alone is no longer the low cost producer, uh, but many neighboring countries, which are basically uh, having uh, conflicts with China over territory, uh, South China Sea in particular, uh, they are more than happy to stick it to the Chinese by taking their foreign, um, you know, manufacturing, and they're doing it with alacrity. Uh, Vietnam, Thailand, even the Philippines, you name it, uh, other countries with the lower cost production, with educated workforces, uh, they put out the uh, welcome sign uh, to uh, foreign businesses, and including the Japanese, particularly the Japanese, uh, to move their production uh, to their low cost center, which does not have the disease problems that China uh, spawns, which I think is, this is eventually going to become a major item. I mean, we know it first because we pay attention to history and epidemiology, Um, but it hasn't broken big in the news yet, but eventually it will. And um, it'll be exaggerated, but in, in this case, you can't exaggerate it too much because it is a major danger (laughs) <laughs> which has been made worse by the uh, growing prosperity uh, in China and the uh, the increasing prevalence of these uh, live food uh, markets. Uh, they they can probably do something about it, but they don't want to because basically it causes more popular unrest. And as Austin has pointed out in several of his columns, <laughs> uh, they have to be very delicate with that because that's their only that's the only thing that's keeping the Communist Party in power uh, their ability to to uh, generate enough popular support to forestall a major call for a change in uh, in government uh, as is going on over in Iran at the moment so I mean that really can be deadly uh, more so than any virus that's I guess we could call that the, the democracy virus Um <laughs> But right now—that's right correct. What a great wise crack. With uh, with more mundane, more you know, more historical viruses. Although actually, you could make a case that the democracy virus has been going around for a while. Um, 
but in many cases, it's just the change of government virus. And uh, and they are basically subject to both kinds of viruses right now. So they are very nervous. Uh, this will run its course. Uh, again, looking at it historically, and we've seen these these types of uh, pandemic diseases you know, for thousands of years. They've, they've been studied more intensively because of DNA analysis. You can recover. Uh, yeah, how should I put it? Uh, uh, readable, as it were, uh, DNA from uh, 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 from artifacts that are, uh, you know, biological artifacts that are hundreds or even thousands of years old. And this allows uh, a greater understanding of the diseases and also the ability, if you get enough from different parts of the world, the ability to trace it back to its origin. And I think you'll find that many of these things uh, that, and for example, the plague of Justinian is now believed to have been measles. Uh, and another plague that hit the Eastern Roman Empire was an earlier uh, uh, version of the bubonic plague, which is not viral, but anyway, it's, it was something that came out of Asia, Eastern Asia. And, uh, <clears throat> but the ones we have to worry about are the viral, uh, you know, uh, agents, because we can cure the, uh, you know, the, the, the microbial, uh, microbial ones uh, more easily with antibiotics, uh, although they're becoming more resistant, but that's another problem. Uh, but the viral ones are, uh, can be extremely deadly. And, uh, and the, um, uh, uh, I think we're finding uh, that this is a uh, this will be a new bone of contention uh, for you know uh, Chinese foreign policy. But right now, the coronavirus virus is definitely disrupting their economy, uh, and and other countries want to avoid having the same thing happen to them. I mean, you know, the reports we're getting, some Americans have stayed behind, uh, and Westerners in general, and they're and they're reporting from the Western point of view. Uh, you know, what's going on? I mean, Wuhan is like a ghost town. Um, there's a quiet panic. Uh, the Chinese do panic very well, they, but they do it quietly, but it's still a panic. Um, and the uh, Wuhan is uh, shut down. It's a major industrial center. The province is in is also a, 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 a how should I put it, a major economic factor in the overall Chinese economy. Um, and uh, the uh, the rest of the country is concerned about it uh, getting to them. And it's, it's a very real apprehension because the damn thing got going at the worst possible moment at the Chinese New Year, where people traditionally go back to their original village. Now, most people... Uh, or a majority, a large minority in many most in most cases, uh, people in the urban areas, the industrialized areas, came from remote villages, and in many cases halfway across China. Uh, in the last uh, two decades, there's been this huge migration from the countryside, you know, to the urban areas, which is technically illegal because China still has on paper a pet internal passport system. You cannot get benefits and what have you if you don't have a, a residency permit in the area in which you're living and, and possibly holding a very, you know, well-paying job, but, you know, you're basically a foreigner. Uh, the, um, and, uh, but anyway, a lot of, at Chinese New Year, uh, it's, it's the largest annual, you know, travel season uh, in China, in the world, actually. I mean, tens of millions of people 
uh, travel. It lasts for about a week. So it's utter chaos in terms of travel because most of them use mass transit. Um, and uh, and it happened and it happened just at the time as the coronavirus is getting started. So he had instant spread. It's probably all over the country now. And, uh, and we'll be getting more reports on that and how they're trying to cope with this. But the damn, the spread has already taken place. Uh, courtesy of the Chinese New Year. So they are facing an enormous uh, economic uh, catastrophe. Uh, Their economy is in trouble already, as we've discussed uh, numerous times before, both on the uh, podcast and in the um, uh, strategy page. Uh, so, you know, uh, I hate to wish ill on, uh, on, on a, uh, on a foe as it were, uh, but boy, they certainly deserve it. And, and they basically created it. Um, but because they are a major portion of the global economy, everybody else is going to feel it. Not so much the medical aspects of it, but the economic aspects. So we're all involved. Austin. Well, the number of things. Let, let me just pick up on the on the uh, tourism uh, uh, component. You know, Jim talked about you know Chinese New Year. Uh, it's it's a big party time in China. It, it's a time when you can uh, blow off steam. People have vacations, and it's not just the, the uh, you know, domestic. Uh, 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 domestic vacations. One of the deals that the Chinese Communist Party has with the people, if you'll accept uh, our oppressive leadership, if you all behave, hey, you can go, you can travel. And Thailand, I think, is the top Chinese vacation destination. If it's not, it's it's one, it's one or two. You can go to the beach at Phuket if you behave. And I know for a fact that several hundred thousand, if not a, 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 a million Chinese, sometime between the end of November and the middle of January, traveled, uh, uh, traveled to Thailand. I got, a, I got a report last uh, uh, Monday on that from uh, one, actually it's Michael Yan, who had, I spoke with him uh, uh, about it, and he's been in, in Thailand, and he had been reporting on the uh, coronavirus uh, in, in China, and it's a huge problem already in Thailand. A number of uh, his estimate was uh, uh, several hundred weren't sure yet, but the Thai government was taking Chinese uh, uh, tourists, and I understand it's big money for Thailand. They're glad to have uh, the vacationers. It's a it's a major cash producing industry. Not just for the uh, from, from China for you know, tourism and and tourism is in, in Thailand, but they're they're glad to have the Chinese tourists. But they were having to quarantine them in hotels in the Bangkok area. It was unclear as to who was picking up the the, the uh, a charge uh, on it. But medical teams were going around because the Thais were scared to death rationally of the potential of the of the uh, uh, of an epidemic outbreak in Thailand that they're already paying a price there on their own tourist in- industry and they didn't of course want their own people to suffer much less the the the, the their Chi- their chinese guests now that's an example of a international uh, disruption 
Uh, it's, it's far worse than any other country has seen yet, though the Vietnamese are very concerned. How is this, is this, is this uh, overreaction and paranoia that Mongolia, North Korea, and Russia have closed the borders with China? No, it's an actually a rational move, but you know, all right, North Korea closes the border. All right, the, the, that, but Mongolia and Russia, and the Vietnamese are very much in the uh, in the same uh, situ- situation. Now, the transmission to Thailand was almost solely by air travel. Flying out, and of course, now all of these visitors are not from the Wuhan area, but some of them are, and the uh, the, the Thai government is having to you know, work back, and they're they're getting cooperation. That is something that I uh, that uh, was was clear cooperation from their Chinese visitors because they're scared too. Now. Let's go back and and then I, 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 I mentioned that because the the uh, the BA, the ability to get out of China occasionally it was but if you behave was part of the deal by the Chinese Communist Party to remain in power. Jim was talking about what what did you call it the democracy disease the rebellion revo- rebellion virus democracy yeah. virus they are scared of, are scared. Of. <laughs> Food, better food, especially pork. Jim wasn't overdoing it, being funny, but at the same time, pork is extremely important in China. It has a political potency. And suddenly, not only can more people afford to eat pork in China because of of the uh, uh, economic uh, uh, success and expansion, they can buy it internationally. And as Jim pointed out, who's who's selling pork internationally? Hello, Iowa and Nebraska. This is a good time to have a, a, a hog farm in Nebraska, Dan. But the uh, now they've look. Uh, here's here's a situation where they've also had in China a virus. And I, I'm Jim. I think you wrote something about this that had had, had killed a number of their uh, 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 swine herds. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, yeah, yeah, but it had 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 taken them out, and we were already. I'm talking about the United States. Said, okay, uh, we can supply that. Heck, we've got stuff sitting in warehouses, pork bellies, and and the like. The Chinese were going to buy it. The Chinese, as a matter of fact, dropped that part of their tariff war. They were going to have tariffs on 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 several. They dropped them to zero on several American agricultural uh, uh, products. And this was prior to the the phase one agreement between the U.S. and China. But they wanted wanted to be able to import that food because it demand by the Chinese people and the Communist Party and the senior leadership, Xi Jinping's fear of Hong Kong's uh, democracy virus. They know they ride what I call, or they're stalked by the Tiananmen Tiger. The Chinese know they have accepted oppression and they see the downside of it, oppression in exchange for uh, increasing wealth. Well, take a look at it now I'm, uh, uh, at the situation. I think I summed it up pretty well in, in, in my column uh, for this week. The uh, dictatorship already confronts economic contraction and political resistance in Hong Kong and Taiwan. 
take a look at that Taiwanese election, the overwhelming victory for the quote-unquote Taiwan autonomy or even uh, pro, uh, pro-independence party. All right. Those are fears right there for the Taiwan and Hong Kong uh, uh, speak to within the uh, Communist Party apparatus of China breaking into pieces once again. It's happened before. How many Chinas are there? It's not just one on mainland China. They know they really could be four or five separate countries. And if Guangdong, meaning the Canton area, which is the per capita, the highest GDP in in China, they're Southerners. (coughs) They are still remain suspicious of the Northerners, Beijing. Now, it's held together by secret police and Communist Party power, but a disruption in, wait a minute, disruption in the deal. You can't travel anymore. Our food, our better food, it's not there. And on top of it, the government, Xi Jinping's government, has bet on uh, uh, that social credit system, which is spying constantly on the Chinese people and rating their behavior, rating it. You'll get travel restrictions placed on you, maybe even become get fired from your uh, employment if you are judged to be politically incorrect. And politically incorrect is it could be as small as mouthing off about the uh, Politburo uh, in, in Beijing. It sounds like we're at 1984, but it's beyond uh, 1984. Uh, and it's that is the kind of, okay, what are you going to do if you are someone in a technical institute and suddenly uh, there's a lab, uh, a lab accident? And a virus or, bac- uh, or bacterium is, is spread to the environment. Do you report it? Well, you do, but remember, this is also who was responsible for it. Is there a party member involved on this? Someone could lose face. Therefore, the transmission, I'm not talking about a transmission of, of a disease here now, but the transmission of necessary information about a mistake in the system, Moving from the bottom to the top, there's constant resistance because there's constant fear. That is a systemic problem in every dictatorship, but it is one that has become more of a problem for the Chinese uh, Chinese dictatorship in the way they run the, uh, their, their internet and the way they monitor their – have tried to isolate their own social media. Now, Jim's written several things about this. You know, now we're trying to isolate people that are sick. Well, the Chinese Communist Party's tried to isolate Chinese minds and Chinese voices from information dissemination. And in that case, when there is uh, a mistake, a mistake, an accident, and um, uh, it's, it's a most dramatic, I would say, would be a disease. We've got one going on, uh, on like that. But it's within, within, this, uh, within the system, it doesn't get corrected. It doesn't get corrected because the system's designed to whole uh, is, is, is designed for control. Control is optimized, not free expression and free exchange of information, which leads to correction. If you're stuck on control, 
correction is going to become more difficult. And this disease is an example of it. It's a repetition down in some ways of SARS, which was uh, you know, 2002, 2003. That's still uh, the SARS uh, uh, epidemic, which uh, is tough to say right now, but I'm going to, I will, I will bet coronavirus tops, uh, uh, tops it in a ultimate, in its ultimate, uh, death, uh, death toll. But the SARS virus still has a, a political impact in Asia. The Chinese were slow in responding to, uh, reports of the virus and they were slow in admitting uh, uh, admitting that it was there, and they were slow. When I'm talking about the, the 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 communist government, they were slow in seeking help. They've also got this component running against them. Remember that uh, UN Convention on the Law of the Sea arbitration of the Philippines filed on China for really territorial aggression, to pick up the term that, that Jim used, uh, the Chinese uh, taking uh, Filipino. Uh, uh, EEZ uh, territory and uh, sea resources, uh, fishing and the like. The UN Arbitration Court in The Hague g- gave the Filipinos 98% of it. China was, the, the decision excoriated China. China just ignored it. Now, the, it, it, the United States didn't sign unclosed, but we respect it. That's the way we uh, we did it, and that's been uh, pretty much the rest the rest of the world does does that. That arbitration case was well done, well founded, logically uh, logically decided, and the Beijing government, shy's in charge of it, totally ignored it. Now the World Health Organization is a UN organization. Uh, it appears right now that the communist government is not ignoring the World Health Organization. That doesn't have, quote unquote, the ability to penalize you as, uh, well, uh, the Hague Court's uh, penalties the, uh, uh, China just ignored. But China's got, here's the, the, the larger point, has developed a reputation for uh, international lawlessness. If you're not yet, this is one of the things the Trump administration has hammered away at on the trade deals and also on the international intellectual property theft. You want to deal with the rest of the world? You're going to have to uh, you're going to have to agree to play by the rules or in the case of the Trump administration, the United States is going to penalize you economically. Now, for what we can tell right now. Uh, to be to be fair about it, uh, the Chinese Communist government is attempting to do the best it can at internal quarantines. There there are reports, plenty of reports coming out of uh, out of Wuhan. Uh, attempt to uh, 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 identify people that uh, have been exposed. We don't know how many people have been exposed, but this is this is a number that has come out of China. Somewhere between the end of November and December 31st, it is believed about 5 million people. I know the same 5 million figure shows up for the uh, people living in the immediate Wuhan area. 5 million people have moved through the area. Now, that is absolutely huge. The reason I uh, mentioned the end of November is now 
there's some debate we, we don't know yet about the incubation period. And this is something that I, that I, uh, I got from uh, Michael Yan, who was getting it from the uh, Thai medical uh, authorities. The incubation period may be anywhere between 5 and 14 days. And in the case of healthy people, young people, it may be three or four days after that before you have symptoms enough that require hospitalization. Let's just say it's 17 or 18 days. That means this uh, disease spreading out of Wuhan, if you track it back from the 4th or 5th of December when the Chinese first noticed uh, some of these cases, has been going on now for over two months well over two months. The benefit or benefit of the luck luck of it is is that it seems to require person to person transmission. And that means okay, isolation will help. Wearing masks will help. Washing your hands. Uh, Michael told me that that was something that the Thai government was telling everybody. Wash your hands. Uh, that is uh, that that will that is an aid for the rest of the rest of humanity. To uh, it, it it lowers the possibility of transmission. How does this though play out in uh, uh, for the Chinese government? It makes them a pariah. They've already committed territorial aggression, as as Jim said, economic aggression, economic bullying. That's been one of their uh, uh, tools uh, of expansion and bilateral relations with smaller, weaker, and um, impoverished uh, uh, nations. Now, once again, they look like somebody. Uh, uh, let's let's take it not from a a, a medical doctor or a, a Thai diplomat's point of view, but the point of view of of someone who's a hotel operator in Bangkok. I've been attacked by Chinese, and and they're incompetent. They were incompetent. Why did they? Why didn't they catch uh, all of these sick people as, as, as soon enough? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm making that person up, but we all know that person exists, and he didn't. Doesn't he and she don't just exist in in, in Thailand? That is, that's something that the that's going to hurt the Chinese Communist Party uh, internationally, especially in developing uh, developing nations. Now, the last thing point I'll make. All right, we've talked about Ebola, and I end up writing a lot uh, about uh, Ebola virus in Congo, both in my columns and then when we we do Central Africa updates. The World Health Organization has come close, but never called it a global emergency, in part because even though that eastern Congo area, north, south, Kivu province, and Aturi province, part at one time, Part of Equator and, and some uh, a couple of other provinces, but really the, the hot zone are the two Kivus and and part of Ituri. They're huge. It's a big area, but it's isolated, and especially in terms of people running off and getting on jet airplanes and flying to Thailand, uh, hard to get to. Ebola is there's no question that it's it's a deadly disease. It kills two thirds of the people that contracted 66, 67%. I mean, you can go look at the who, who figures for the year because it, this epidemic starts in August of, of 2018 and two out of three people that contracted end up dying, but it's not 
whose judgment on this is that it would be a mistake to say that it is a threat to the entire globe. Also, over the last month, six weeks, there's indications that it has plateaued because of the effort that's been uh, put in, in in Eastern Congo to identify, isolate uh, cases, and also stop the flow of of, of people moving into Rwanda uh, uh, and uh, Uganda uh, and Burundi. So that's, uh, and, and that part of that too is that you, even as porous as the area is, Burundi, Rwanda, Uganda, and South Sudan uh, started setting up monitoring teams uh, on the border. Within the last 24 hours, 36 hours, when we record this, World Health Organization declared this this particular coronavirus outbreak, this mu- mutation uh, coronavirus, a global health emergency, which is a big, big deal. And part of it is is that millions of people have moved through the area. We don't know where all they're going. We know some of them have come to the United States. As of right now, we have six six cases. Uh, in, in, in the United States. And, but it is a far more complex problem. Admittedly, the disease is not as, uh, as virulent and is apparently not as deadly. Uh, Jim's comparing it to, you know, influenza, of, uh, uh, influenza outbreaks. But, uh, again, part of this is we don't know. But it is a global threat, and it at a minimum, the Chinese communist government loses face. It loses credibility. Last point I'll make, too. I brought up Congo. China has major investments in Congo, uh, especially in Katanga. Cobalt, <laughs> we write about that all the time. There's even the, the it was nine, now it's a, a $10 billion infrastructure deal where Chinese construction workers come into Congo and uh, they've tried to improve roads, you know, electrical transmission, also uh, improve, improve the, uh, the mines. The Chinese bring in their own, their own workers. In Wuhan, and I, I, I picked this up uh, I, from a, a science blog. I think it was actually taken out of a report that appeared in, uh, this is me off the top of my head, in Science Ma- Magazine. Wuhan in late 2017 or, or, or 2018, uh, stood up a, a very sophisticated, high-tech uh, biological lab that one of the things the government wanted the lab to uh, explore was Congolese hemorrhagic fever. It's a concern. They're Chinese operating in Congo and in the Central African uh, disease pool. Now, there's no evidence, <laughs> Congolese hemorrhagic fever, there's no evidence that, that, that there was any escape uh, of, uh, of, of viruses of, or uh, bac- uh, bacteria from, uh, from this lab. But it's an indication of, you know, China's concerned about, they do have that con- uh, concern, their own people contracting uh, 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 a disease picked up from that Central African uh, a disease pool. Well, you know, they should be concerned uh, concerned about it. But as Jim pointed out, it's not just Central Africa. China has been historically a major source of uh, of uh, of 
epi- of, of viral uh, viral epidemics. And the government is uh, was, uh, once again exposed as slow to react, slow to admit uh, admit there's a problem, and therefore it becomes is perceived not only as a danger to its neighbors but a danger to its own people. Uh, I'll leave it at that, I guess. Well, Jim, do you have anything to add to that? Uh. Well, yes, I, I made a quick check of the Internet, and there are more stories popping up about China being the vector, as it were, pandemic uh, diseases. Uh, but it didn't really go into the, uh, how should I put it, the, the precise vector, namely the, uh, the, the markets that feature all these wild, you know, these live animals breathing on one another and uh, basically uh, creating the opportunity for new diseases. I should also point out, as Austin was discussing, Ebola and uh, and AIDS, which also came out of Africa, these, uh, again, were traced back to a cross-species uh, leap, as it were, of, um, of viruses. Uh, in the case of uh, AIDS, it was monkeys. Uh, p- uh, people would uh, you go out and kill monkeys and eat them and bingo. Uh, talk about direct transfer. Um, but the, the Ebola and the other diseases are similar in their, in their way they transfer. Uh, and they are much more lethal, as it were, than any of these airborne diseases like the influenza. Uh, but they're all coming from the same source. And uh, really, more attention must be paid. You know, we're even finding more diseases are, are being traced back to domestic animals. You know, uh, cats, dogs, uh, birds, what have you. Uh, we're picking up more diseases from uh, deer, for example, which are now uh, more abundant than they were, you know, in the Northeast anyway, uh, than uh, in the past 100 years because the farms have all, you know, shut down in, in the Northeast. Um, and uh, and that's uh, and that basically provided more areas for these animals to thrive. But then they learned that uh, uh, suburban uh, how, suburban housing developments uh, full of gardens and, and well kept lawns are also a, a keen source of uh, of uh, forage, as it were. And and several times when I was down visiting Austin uh, up in this West Lake, you know, uh, you know, uh, hilltop manse, uh, I noticed. <laughs> A lot of deer. Uh, they're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I don't know about uh, in Texas, but up, up here in the Northeast, they carry the Lyme disease. I don't know if you got that down yes. there. Oh, yeah. Look, Lyme okay. disease has been a, a known problem in 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 Texas. I'm trying to go, but I'm going to say right at right at thirty years. Wait, yeah, again, again, on that and the, the, it, suburban, it, the suburban sprawl yeah. put all those deer into contact with all those people and bingo. Well, well, the, the thing is, is, is that uh, Texas uh, Parks and Wildlife, the, uh, the, the game uh, game laws on this, uh, they they <laughs> they turned the deer eradication program in, into a money maker. I mean, it was always deer hunting season. But uh, they uh, understand you, you you cannot use firearms around people's houses out in the suburban sprawl. That's and that's where the Lyme disease really issue is. But uh, Texas would be overrun with white-tailed deer, if, but for the uh, deer hunting season. And the the government the the state government makes a, a, a an effort to say how many uh, 
does does and bucks do do you get to you you get to take you know it says on their antlerless deer that means shooting does and I don't know what the last uh, couple of years uh, were, but we had a huge bump up in overall deer populations, and uh, it was it, it was such a bump up that uh, the state, the game wardens had to go out, and and there were certain counties that had to be culled, and uh, what a waste! The, the the shot deer just had to be uh, left there, I guess, for the coyotes. Uh, if we if that if there but for hunting season, um, you you you'd see forests, I suppose, <laughs> devastated by white-tailed deer. Our biggest threat now down here, Jim, are feral hogs, wild boar. Ah, they, yes. There you have the other one. <laughs> I, not, look, look, look uh, I, it sounds like a joke, except. They're, they are lethal. They're, they're, they're lethal. There are two counties in East Texas that have had huge problems with it to the point that you didn't – there was no limit uh, if you were going to go shoot these things. And the, the upside is, is that, of course, they have to be uh, inspected for uh, d- diseases, is that there is a huge market. In the restaurant industry, <laughs> and even in the you know upscale uh, groceries for you know wild boar, uh, it's not just in East Texas. There was a a, a place in, in Central Texas uh, last year I, I read about where a farm, and I think this was it was a, a a chicken and turkey farm, got overrun literally by a herd of feral uh, hogs i don't know like a herd whatever they, they, they but just uh is that the right word for for hogs i don't know but uh, uh, uh of hogs I, I, well you know what i would call it a battalion i mean because they're like tanks you know that but it, uh, apparently the, it was about 20 20 of these hogs ran through there tore every uh, 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 everything up and yeah, it did several hundred thousand dollars uh, worth of damage, and they had to ultimately go out and find where they were uh, living, and they were living down in one of these hollows on a, on one of these um, rivers. They had to um, go in and and shoot enough of them to uh, end the problem. It is it's an example of of not having uh, 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 wolves. I don't want wolves. Uh, we've got aggressive coyotes, but it's the yeah, as you said, it, it, there's there one of it's it's not that there is an intense cultivation going on in Texas. There is. We haven't lost the farms like you 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 see up there in in New York and New Jersey uh, parts of parts of New England. But there are there are spaces that uh, they that have seen lots of uh, of new growth of, and I'm you know I'm just telling you what I read, but I also get this from you know uh, anecdotal anecdotal uh, uh, contact with friends and acquaintances that there's been a lot of, of uh, forest regrowth and even uh, the plains uh, plains regrowth, and uh, here come the. Uh, here come the wild boars and here come the deer. So, uh, and I guess we also have to worry to get back to the disease thing. The Lyme disease has been a problem for human beings. So watch out for it. Watch out for the ticks because that's the way they're, uh, uh, the transmission vector is a, is a tick. Well, <clears throat> we've run out of time, so uh, we'll wrap it up there and we'll talk to you gentlemen next time. All right. Thanks, Dan. Bye. Bye, Bye guys.